You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. We are in a series in Luke at the moment, but first of all, I want to tell you a little bit of story. About 11 years ago, approximately 11 years ago, um, a pastor came and asked me and my fiance, um, said, hey, you can get married soon. Would you mind running what is what he called a small group or hosting a small group? Um, at the time, I just got back from overseas, so I wasn't terribly involved in a church. My wife at the time was a youth leader. I remember thinking, um, I don't really know how to do that. We didn't really know how to be married. We didn't really know how to host. We didn't really know how to have a home. We didn't really know even how to do this, like lead something in the church. And so all that against it, I think we were peer pressured in by Jeff, his name was, and I think we said, I'm in. We're in. We'll give this a crack. I don't know how to write a Bible study. I don't know how to do anything. Funny enough, as I was thinking this morning, Jono and Sarah, who are up here helping lead worship, actually got asked at the same time. Got peer pressured by Jeff, I believe, to 11 years ago. Um, kind of, will you run this small group? And um, it could be, looking back now, thinking about this morning, don't get me wrong, it wasn't, we weren't going overseas and building orphanages or anything like that. I'm not saying it was a big sacrifice or anything like that. We didn't even know what we're signing up for, but something in us said yes. And looking back, possibly one of the best decisions of my entire life. Um, and the reason was, I didn't know this, but it was actually teaching me to cultivate community. I was actually didn't know this. I was committing to other people. I was committing to my church and saying, I'm committed to these people. So Wednesday night, after me and Mez had had a massive fight, she didn't want to go back to work or she's tired from work and we're like, we can't have people over. We put it together, quickly prayed and then seven o'clock, people would come over to our house even if we didn't want them there. <laughs> we were committed to them. So it wasn't every Wednesday night, every second or third Wednesday night. So you'd get in the driveway from work and you'd be exhausting. Oh, I've got to feed people at my house tonight. But we'd have them over, we'd open the door. We'd pray for them and we'd always, always, always be a good night. And so I just tell you that because it's a small little story. It's not, um, it wasn't a drastic change. But for me and Mez, it was one of the best decisions we ever made. And the end of the story isn't we became pastors. Because heaps of people do that and don't become pastors. That's not the goal. That's pretty cool that it turns out that I enjoyed cultivating community. (laughs) Um, What's cool is that from that moment on, we decided our family, us, our marriage, our house that we were going to buy was going to be based on the fact that we have people around and we host and we cultivate community. It did something in us and I'm so thankful for it. Um, and I just, I just, it's that whole picture of called into something deeper that we're going to have a look at this morning. Every now and then, God calls us into something deeper. And on each slide, kids, I'm going to give you a clue to what the sermon is about. So as well as colouring in, I want you to write down the little images and see if you can work out what it's about. And that one's a bit easy. Who's that? Well done. Well done. So it's about Jesus. A call to the deep. Making decisions and saying, I'm in. You can keep drawing Jesus. Now go for it. I'm in. Decisions that we all come across where we decide to commit something of our life a little deeper. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to explore this morning in Luke. We've been going through the book of Luke and we're going to look at this moment 
that he invites his disciples into something deeper. And so let's have a read. Let's get straight into it. Luke 5, 1 to 11. You can either look it up with the Bibles or read along with me as we continue through Luke. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gensenet, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little further from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that they began to break. The nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them and come and fill both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon, Peter, so this is Simon who will later change his name to Peter. If you know your Bible, you hear a lot about Peter. Simon Peter saw this. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore and left everything and followed him. I love that at the height of their career. They just caught enough fish that enough boats need to help. That's when he calls them. <laughs> I, just, I never noticed that before. He waits till they get the biggest haul ever and they're about to probably become stars in their local town. How much fish they caught. And he's like, yeah, you leave that. Leave that for the other guys. We're going to do something else. We're going to fish for people. So at this stage, you haven't been with us. If you're new or visiting, we've been going through Luke and we've established, we wanted to do this so we could look at the way Jesus talks, the way Jesus walked, how he responded to people and ask ourselves afresh, even if we know the answer, who is Jesus and what's he do? What's he about? And in this passage, we see he's had thousands of people around him or hundreds around him. And at this stage, he decides to call his small group, if you like. He decides to get the band together and make students. This was common practice at the time. What a rabbi would come and find the most educated they would come and find the best student and they would say, come live with me, watch me, hear me talk, hear me interact with people, even my bad stuff, learn everything about me and become my student. He goes to what was probably a lower form of job at the time. He doesn't go to the educated. He goes to the local fishermen and he says, come follow me. So they wouldn't, first of all, they would have been shocked they were asked. And he says, come follow me, live with me, watch me, I'll make you students, I'm going to make you disciples, and we're going to fish for men. And they do, they must have known, they must have seen, and they follow and learn his ways. I love that idea though, James shared this last week. Jesus is not calling the, he loves the educated as well, but he doesn't see that. He's not about status, he's not about all your awards, or all your achievements, he's calling everyone into the deep with him to be disciples, to be students of him. He called them to live an existence that is meaningful, that will build something, that will explore something, an adventure with him. 
But it started with a step out into the deep. A step out into the deep. I don't know about you, but I often want to step into the shallow, not the deep. The shallow's safer. The shallow's easy to manage, but not Jesus. He calls us into the deep where we may not be able to touch. He's not a salesman. It's not an online commercial. He's not selling a product that will make your life easier. Or He didn't say, come follow me and you'll have the most comfortable, easy life for $4.99. He's not selling anything. He's saying, come, you'll have transformation. Come live a full and real life with me as my disciple. Beautiful. For the sake of transformation, a call to the deep. A place where you may not feel the ground. A place that might be a little dangerous. A place that might not even be the smartest thing to do according to the world. They're leaving their career for this man. Society might think they're silly. But as I look around the world at the moment and see how silly our society is, that doesn't really matter these days. (laughs) If they think we're silly or not. Because it's all a bit silly. But to step out into the unknown towards him, to become a student of him. And so, simple question this morning that we're going to just reflect on for the rest of this time. Where is God asking you to go deeper? Whether you know him and he's asking you deeper or you're like, I've just turned up to church, I don't know any of this. That's okay. There's a step there to make as well. What's, what's God asking you to do? Where could you go deeper? We're going to just reflect on that for a couple of moments this morning. But while we're doing that, I wanted to talk, if it's okay with you guys, we had an AGM two weeks ago, and it was a beautiful celebration of everything God has been doing. But upon reflection, I thought we didn't get a real chance to talk about where we're going. We talked about how good it's been, but we didn't get a chance to talk about what's it look like to keep going as a church. Does that make sense? And so this morning, if you're okay with it, I'd love to give you three practical things I think the church is heading towards and I'm encouraging us to go deeper in. So it is very practical. It'll be very specific. But if you're okay with me, if you're new here, you can at least hear about our church. But there's three things I'd love to talk to us as a church community about where we're going and a commitment to go deeper into that. Does that make sense? Beautiful. I called it season two at our AGM. I have a sense that we've changed season as a church. I will admit there were days in the last four and a half years I walked into church and I thought, is this thing going to fall over? Are we going to tear each other's heads off because we're so different in so many ways? I don't feel like that anymore. If you're new here, don't worry about it. Welcome. You missed the good part. (laughs) I feel like as a committed family together now, and I think, I feel like we had season finale with COVID (laughs) and post kind of maybe the new world, COVID, hopefully COVID's not part of it all the time. We're entering season two and I think it's exciting. So three invitations towards stepping out I want to speak about specifically this morning. And the first one, let's rip the band-aid off the first one because it's my least favourite thing to talk about. Oh, firstly, let me give you the direction that we're heading in. 
If you haven't seen this, our vision as a church is this, to be an inviting, ever-growing, unifying family table that is gathering around and going in the ways and hope of Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. It's to be an inviting, ever-growing, unifying family table that is gathering and going in the ways and hope of Jesus Christ. I have that image of a family table sitting at a table with God. He's prepared the meal. Yet we're not just sitting, we're going out and dragging other tables over because we need to extend it and more people are coming. Come eat with us. Come see what we've found. It's incredible. Come meet Jesus. He's prepared something for you. Come, come. And I just image of us dragging bits and tables and noise and mess and kids around as we drag and build the table. Building tables, not high offences. I love that quote. Going in the ways and hope of Jesus Christ. And then our mission, our mission is following Jesus and transforming lives. Which is another way, I feel, is exactly what Jesus' mission was, which is handy. (laughs) I'll make you fishers of men. I want to see you make disciples. We believe we follow Jesus, our lives change, and hopefully other people change their lives as well as we fish for people. Come and see what we've got. Come and meet Jesus. Come and know his spirit and see your life change. I did a bit of Photoshop today to try to explain this even clearer. Hopefully it's made it clearer. We're not this as a church. We're not a factory for churches. Seems weird at first, but let me explain. Hopefully it gives you clarity of what Burley Heads Church of Christ is about. We're not about our primary purpose. If we're a factory, we're not about building buildings primarily. We're not about building experiences primarily. It's not the central work we do. We're not about building events. We're not about filling buildings We're not saying they're bad. That stuff happens and we do stuff like that, but it's not our core work. We're not building. God never asked us to go and build heaps of experiences. Go and build places of comfort and leisure. Go and build comfortable buildings. Hopefully some of that happens. Amen. (laughs) We're not a mini church factory. What we are at Burley Heads Church of Christ, and I hope this makes sense, is this. We're G- little Jesuses, and I know it's a little silly, but stick with me. We're little Jesuses making other little Jesuses. We're a Jesus factory. Not like a cult. We're not all the same. We're all different parts. We have different gifts. We have different things. Notice some of them are wearing sunnies. Some of them are wearing hats. <laughs> but I know it's silly, but hopefully it stays with you. We're a factory of Jesuses, and we're making more Jesuses. Do you know what happens when you do that? Your building does need to grow. You do need more seats. You do need to update things. You do need events. That's all okay, but the central thing we do here, the central thing our eldership and board protect, and the questions we should be asking as an eldership and board is constantly each other, are we doing this? 
Are we making more Jesuses? Hopefully we are, mate. <laughs> You're number one on my list, buddy, so we've got some work to do. <laughs> Silly picture, but Burley Heads Church Christ in season two, I want to see us make more Jesuses. We're a Jesus factory. Not, not that we all have to be exactly the same, but we're building the body of Christ. Loving people, showing them the generosity of the church, showing them the welcoming, inviting family table and making more Jesuses. Why becoming Jesuses as well? I hope that picture, although a little funny and silly, helps you have a think about season two of Burley Heads Church of Christ. What, what, what are we doing? So three invitations today that are practical that I believe would help Burley head this way that are deeper. First one, this is the band-aid ripping off because it's not my favourite subject, but deeper generosity. I want to talk about money for a second. If you're new, we don't talk about money a lot here, but it does help do everything we do here. We are currently, and we celebrate, we're currently under budget as a church, about 10%. That's not uncommon for churches. We're also incredibly blessed by this thing on the side, by the op shop. And we're also a church that reaches a lot of poor, a lot of people struggling, a lot of people on the fringe. A lot of our church don't come on Sunday. A lot of our church come Friday morning for food and get prayed for. They are our church. They are mini Jesuses in the making. So I don't expect our church to be one of the richest churches on the Gold Coast because we're, we're attracting the fringe. That's, that's beautiful. That's great. I wouldn't have it any other way. So this is not a guilt thing, but as those that are members here or those that are committed to this church, I do want to just admit that we're under budget and that I don't love that we rely. We're blessed by the op shop and we want to keep being blessed by the op shop but I don't feel like that's deep water to rely on that. Does that make sense? So I love the op shop. I hope it keeps growing. I hope we keep doing more. I hope we feed more poor. I hope we reach more people. But I think the deep water says we could push a bit harder on our generosity, not just of money, but of time. And I would say that with the rate our church is growing at the moment, I think it's as simple as just inviting those in the room that maybe haven't thought about giving to consider giving. I think we've grown that fast. We don't talk about giving a lot. So I'm just giving the invitation this morning to consider giving towards our Jesus factory. I'm not asking you to give towards Steve Gray's empire. All our staff are part-time here. You only need to spend a couple of weeks here and you can see the type of work we do, filled with children getting boxes, filled with the poor reaching out. So my two invitations to this is simply this, to consider the Jesus factory and if you already give, consider heading into the deep a bit and if you don't give, just pray about it with God and have a conversation with him around committing to this place and helping us run the factory. Turn the lights on, get it going. Sometimes running the factory means we replace the toilet. It's not as fun as exciting. 
Sometimes running the factory means we redo the floors. Sometimes the factory's fun and we make, check the picnic tables out outside today. They're beautiful. So people can sit and we can make more Jesuses. Is that okay? Yeah, if you think you're uncomfortable hearing about money, times it by 40 and talk about money. Because <laughs> I don't love that stuff, but Jesus talked about it a lot. And it's not just money, it's time. We'd love to see everybody using their gifts here. People do. There were people here at 11 o'clock last night using their gifts. But that's a deeper generosity in this place. Um, at least considered as we go into season two to keep the factory running. Because the factory's growing. And I don't want to sit in the shallow and go, it's okay, we have an op shop. It's okay, we have this. I want to go a bit deeper than that. I don't know. It's not about that size of the op shop. It's about the people we connect with. So, Second one of my deep invitations, deeper community. What do I mean by this? By the way, this isn't meaning that we don't do any of these. I know there's generous people in our church. My goodness, we're, we're running right now. So we're, and I know there's deep community. This is a push to go a little deeper. A deep community. We have preached small tables since day one that I got here. In this passage, we see Jesus. He has thousands of followers, but even he needed 12, and then he even has four in that 12 that he does life with. I would love for you to not just, when I say this this morning, eyes glaze over and go, I should do that one day. I would love you to consider running or joining a small table. A group of people that you do life with once a month, once a fortnight, once a week if you're eager. You go through the transformation trek. You go through a book of the Bible. You go through the sermon notes or whatever you choose, and you grow together. I would love to see 99% of our church in some sort of small table. Why? Because we're about making mini Jesuses, and I think that's one of the best ways we can do that. We love this bit. The large table is fun, but I know there's heaps going on this morning for a lot of people right now that we can't share this morning. We can't share every health concern. We can't share every celebration. We can do that around some snacks in a home or in a coffee shop opening the word of God. Does that make sense? Thanks, mate. Amen. Very practical. Love to encourage you to join a small table. I know we already have small tables running. I know season two or next season of KYB is about to start up, Jewel. Is that right? So they come see you if they want to join that. Wednesdays, if they're a lady and they want to join that. Wednesdays during the day, KYB is a great small table. If you don't know where you fit in a small table, come and have a chat to me. I think if we can do this in our next season, season two, not just be a family that get on, but a family that grow, I'm so excited. Hope that makes sense. Deeper community is my second invitation. And then lastly, my last invitation from me is deeper formation. Deeper formation. We have these we've been producing each month. Don't take this one, it's ripped. This is not the 
divine answer to everyone's problems. It's not the solution. I'm selling you a product. But this is something we've been putting together every month with videos and resources around a practice each month. Two things we could do with it. Our church could produce this to make mini Jesuses and it could just end up as a pile of paper in your handbag. Or like me sometimes, self-admittedly, our driver's seat has become a... I mean, a passenger seat has become a passenger seat with a nice footrest of the transportation track because we put it after church on the floor on Sunday and guess where it stays sometimes? I'm admitting I do the same thing. This is where it is. Your own personal formation, you becoming Jesus, is where it all begins. You stepping out and saying, hey, I'm sick of trying to be Elon Musk. (laughs) I'm sick of trying to be this famous actor. I'm sick of trying to be this celebrity. I'm sick of trying to be this fitness influencer. I'm going to be like Jesus so I can make more Jesuses. And I think this is a great tool. So I would love you to buy into that fully. Love you to pick these up and go through with your small table and ask yourself, this month it's cultivating community. It's about creating deep community with one another. It's about creating community in the community and revealing Jesus out there. Does that make sense too? Deeper formation, deeper generosity, deeper community, deeper formation. They're my three challenges this morning. Here's the problem, though, this morning. As I explain these three things, does anyone feel like this? I do, so you can admit it. Aidan does. See that hand? Our climate at the moment is so foggy. Our spiritual climate in our world at the moment. Everybody, you say, how are you going? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And here's your pastor up here telling you more stuff you could do. I would be, you could be forgiven for a moment if you're going, oh, just shush. (laughs) Let me just stop. It's tiring. In fact, that's pretty much what the disciples said to Jesus. They said, we've just been fishing all day and you want us to do more of it? We're tired. This is kind of my last encouragement before I get us to reflect on some things this morning. It's okay to admit that you're tired and exhausted. COVID, the, just, the endless decisions, the endless news cycle, the endless anxiety of our world. It loves anxiety because it feeds their news cycles. It feeds entertainment. If we're anxious, we're clinging to them. It's a horrible cycle of distraction and tired and, and exhaustion. And so if you're feeling that, it's totally understandable. Here's the key about what Jesus preaches here. Because he actually says, do less. It's actually not a call to do more this morning. Because notice this. They walked away from their nets. He didn't say, hey, I'll make you fishers of men. While you're at it, build a global fishing empire on the side and we'll fish men on Sunday between 9 to 11. Following something means you give something else up. I'm not telling you all to quit your jobs. I'm saying it's priorities. I'm not saying do more. I'm not saying be more generous. I'm saying, let me put it practically, you might do one less day on your family holiday because you spent it all on groceries for the food help. So I'm not saying don't go on a family holiday. <laughs> I'm not saying what you can do with your money. Does that make sense? 
You might take overtime, but say, in terms of generosity, and say, but that's going to go towards the work of the factory. Or you might work less hours. You might not take overtime because, you know, there's a night market on and you want to encourage what they're doing and you want to go and help them out one night. You might not plan your week so full of social things that you've got time to have a group of people around your home each fortnight and eat with them. Don't do more. Don't put that on top. Don't follow that fitness influencer and Elon Musk and, I don't know, name someone else where, Joe Rogan, name um, someone else you're listening to. Don't follow them. Sorry? Hamish and Andy. Don't follow them. They don't really do anything, but yes. Don't follow everyone and Jesus because you'll be exhausted. You need to, if you're serious about going deeper, you need to drop some nets and go, that's done. I'm heading this way. Does that make sense? Otherwise, you won't do it alone because do you know what will happen if you drop the nets? Do you know what happen if you drop that and say, I'm about the one thing primarily? He'll fill your nets. It's not about working hard. It's working smart or working Jesus. <laughs> Jesus style. I'll give an example. Um, a bunch of people last night ran the night markets. That was a bunch of work to put on a program. Well done, Miranda, Steph, Lockie, and Mark, and Sarah helped, and Jono, and, and Liana, and if anyone I miss, it's feeling offended because I missed you. I'm thankful. It's always dangerous mentioning names. Um, but they put on a night market last night. So they did put on an event. They love this stuff. They love the craft. They're good at this stuff. They did a great job. But do you know what? Who, who came? Yeah, and I, yeah, your neighbours. Um, your neighbours who they'd love to tell about Jesus came. And it turns out the neighbour's wife works with Marin. And it turns out he made the mayo for the barbecue. And you didn't have to go to their door and send them a track and tell them they better go to church or they're going to go to hell. You just invited them and Jesus fills the nets. You were just friendly with them generous with him, loved him, and he fills the nets. Judy puts a lot of work into these boxes, and I know you had a crew yesterday, and we thank you for everyone that turned up yesterday. There is work to be done, but there's always needy kids that need boxes. Jesus will bring the fish. He'll do the life change. He'll change these kids' lives as they receive a gift, maybe for the first time in their life or in a long time. He'll fill the nets. You just step into the deep water. Does that make sense? You've got to walk away. You can't do everything. There's a lie our society wants you to believe and they say you'll have it all. How bad is Jesus' sales pitch? It says you need to give it all up. That feels like on the surface the worst sales pitch ever. Come follow me, give it all up. Ironically, that's when you find it all. You've got to give it all up, follow him and you'll have everything. Everything you need and more. So let me go back to that question today. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And they're just going to play a couple of lines of the verse, if that's right, just some background music. And I'd love you just to stop for a second and consider these two questions for season two at Burley Heads Church of Christ.
in any area of your life, where is God calling you deeper? And then the harder question is, before you go and sign up to every single thing, what is God asking you to leave behind? In terms of personal formation, you might say, I want to be more like Jesus. It might mean less Netflix shows. It might mean less time on your phone. Don't do your phone and Netflix and try to become like Jesus. I'm not anti-Netflix. Just one less show and pick up your transformation track. Where is God calling you deeper and what is God asking you to leave behind? We're going to just sit for a moment or you can stand and we're just going to consider those questions for a moment. If you have a journal, if you have something you're writing down, I'd love you to write it down. And then we'll finish with a song that is about going deeper. Awesome work. Let me pray. We're just going to take five, five minutes. Father God, wherever we are this morning, there's a call, especially in this society, especially in this moment, especially in this time and this season filled with anxiety, filled with busyness. There's a call to go deeper, be a different type of person, be a non-anxious presence, be a person full of joy, generosity, love, freedom. And we, we believe the number one person to give us that example is you, Jesus. And so, Father, we just pray in season two that we can head towards the Jesus factory, that we can give people, show people life, and that they can have life to the fullest. So, Father, right now, wherever we are, in whatever week we've had, I just pray that we can drop some nets and refocus on you. Step into some places that we can't touch, that feel dangerous, that feel risky, but that are ultimately going to be formational. Father, just stir within us now for the next little bit. Speak to us, tell us, encourage us where you've called us out.